the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we typically take your calls and answer your questions about the things you care the most about. Happy to take your call. And by the way, the number is 303-873-1935. 303-873-1935. And, of course, uh, our producer, John is standing by to take your call. He's going to ask you what your question is, and uh, we'll make every effort to get your question on the program. It's 303-873-1935. And I'm going to read from the American Minute. These are notable events of American significance remembered on the date that they occurred. And for today's date, it's by Bill Federer. And he, he writes, and I quote, 73 seconds. After liftoff on January 28th, 1986, the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded, killing its entire seven-member crew, which included a high school teacher, the first private citizen to fly aboard the craft. In his address to the nation, President Ronald Reagan stated, quote, Today is a day for mourning, a national loss. The members of the Challenger crew were pioneers. The future doesn't belong to the faint-hearted. It belongs to the brave. Pause and think about that statement. Ronald Reagan, the future doesn't belong to the faint-hearted. It belongs to the brave. Then he said, the Challenger crew was pulling us into the future. The, the Then-President Ronald Reagan said, quote, there's a coincidence today. On this day, 390 years ago, January 28th, the great explorer Sir Francis Drake died aboard ship off the coast of Panama. In his lifetime, the great frontiers were the oceans. And a historian later said he, loved, he lived by the sea, he died on it, and he was buried in it. Well, today we can save the Challenger crew. Their dedication was like Drake's, complete. Reagan concluded, the crew of the space shuttle Challenger honored us by the manner in which they lived their lives. We will never forget them, nor the last time we saw them this morning as they prepared for their journey and waved goodbye and slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. Interesting. That's People used to talk like that. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Cindy, welcome to the program. Hi. Do I turn my radio down? You have to turn it all the way down or else we're going to get feedback. And you're okay. going to hear me, and you're going to hear you, and it's going to be very, very confusing. 
Okay, can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, so I usually call you and ask some crazy questions. Um, I'm going to kind of ask you a really crazy question. Um, so the other day, me and my fiance were watching TV, and he's like, let's just watch History Channel. It was either History Channel or the Discovery Channel. And this lady, um, which I feel sorry for, uh, she's like maybe 35 years old, and she said she's been abducted from eight by aliens since she uh -huh. was seven years old and i and i my fiance is really interested in that stuff i'm not to me they're just demons so we kind of go back and forth at each other and so we did watch uh, 30 minutes of it and it scared me um and so i really prayed hard that night because i didn't want to have nightmares but the lady was saying that she's been abducted since she was seven and they come back and they take her well i guess they took her eyeball out and then when she was having problems seeing out of that eye she went to the doctor and the doctor said that why does she have scarring in that tissue behind her eye and she's like i knew it i knew it she goes they had took her eye out and he's like who her doctor thought she was losing her mind she said that she's been abducted by aliens and they took out her eye since she was five years old and she gets abducted every so many years and i'm like i don't know if this lady's i don't know what she's tripping on <laughs> but my fiance seems to believe it and i said well it, i don't know if it's in the bible and if if they do exist i to me it's fear and fear doesn't come from god god does not give us the spirit of fear but power love and a sound mind so therefore it's got to be a demon so that's my question is yeah. it in the bible <laughs> is it in the bible about well, aliens yeah, and, and, I, differently? and i guess i want to give you kind of a nuanced answer to your question okay okay the, the first is is it possible that a person could have scar tissue on their eye and mm -hmm. it be from another source like some other explanation now but to your question Mm -hmm. Is there such a thing as demons? The answer is yes. Yes. Are there such a thing as aliens? That means what I what I think uh, when most people think of aliens, they think of extraterrestrial mm -hmm. beings who come mm -hmm. from another place in the solar system and they come right. to visit us and they abduct us. So the way that I would answer that is I don't think that there is evidence that that aliens from another dimension, excuse me, another planet. But mm -hmm. I do believe, to your point, that that there are interdimensional beings. These are spirit beings, like the Bible calls them angels and demons. Mm -hmm. And okay. that demons are capable of profound deception. And so um, um, imagine... Um, Disguised? Maybe? Yes, yeah, yes. In okay. other words, is it possible that a demonic creature could create, I'm going to use the term, a kind of a hallucination, whereby a person believes that he or she is being abducted by aliens? And I think that the answer is yes, in the sense mm -hmm. that I believe that, that aliens, oh, excuse me, demons have profound capacities of deception. And that, that it's been my experience that if you take the psychological profile of a so-called person who believes they've been ritually, satanically uh, abused, 
that they seem to match the same psychological profile as the person who identifies as an alien abductee. So the way that I would answer the question is... Um, so are you it, saying that maybe it's going, it's, it's in her mind and that, that she's allowing the enemy to put things into her head so therefore she thinks she's seeing yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And so okay. it, in my view, they really believe that. And so the, okay. way, the way that I would think about that is that the Bible describes in the end times that there's a powerful deception, a powerful oh. deception by inter, interdimensional beings. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 24, for false Christs and false prophets will arise mm -hmm. and perform great signs and wonders so mm -hmm. as to lead astray if possible, even the elect. And then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. Mm, yes. And so, so, so I think that it's possible that, that alien beings in the sense, not from another planet, Mm -hmm. but in the sense of being a part of an interdimensional world that have profound abilities to exercise influence and manipulation. So mm -hmm. if, if it is true, just let's just for purposes of discussion say, mm -hmm. if it is true that these beings are a part of the universe's creation and that they have come here visiting us, then there's no mention of, uh, of it in the Bible other than, yeah. than the, the times that the Bible talks about contact with demons and, and angels. So, Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gina Dracy inviting you to call 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. And I'm talking with Cindy. And Cindy, you were talking about watching, a, I guess, a History Channel or a, some <laughs> something where <Alien>. a lady, <laughs> right, right. And and the way that I think I would answer the the question is the Bible does tell us about visitors from another world, the spiritual world, mm -hmm. and and of course Jesus says no one's come down from the Father except the Son, in mm -hmm. the sense of of becoming human. Now, obviously, since the beginning of time, demons, fallen angels, have been visiting the earth, and they've been mm -hmm. witnessed and recorded. Now, again, there seems to be even some um, interaction, like we look at the garden and a, a, a serpent speaking. And so you have these issues of interaction with the supernatural, um, the writings of the Sumerians, for example, who were the first, to, by the way, to produce a written language, they mention a, a group of people called the Anunnaki, who were deities that they believe came down from heaven to dwell on the earth with men. And it's interesting that the Sumerian gods often came in the form of snakes. Now, mm -hmm. again, all of this to say has there been deceptions in the past? Yes. Yes. Are there deceptions in the present? I think yes. so. But mm -hmm. again, I have a friend who's written about this. His, his name is Gary Bates, and he wrote a book called Alien 
intrusion. And in that book, no. he gives I, what I would call a very nuanced and compassionate um, examination of the whole UFO phenomenon, but also of the alien abductee phenomenon. But what I would point out is, again, there's no physical evidence that would point to an extraterrestrial, and by that I mean extraplanetary kind of being that comes in a spaceship, comes here, abducts people, and then puts them back because it seems that all the all, all of the evidence is is they're in a profound state of uh, an altered state of consciousness, which is very very real, but again it has the purpose of deception, and what is that deception? It's the idea that whatever the Bible has to say is is probably not true according to the interactions that individuals have with these alien beings. So in their deception and conversation, it's always that whatever the Bible has to say about Earth's origins, the unique status of human beings on the Earth, God's plan for them, all of that stuff is not true according to the alien beings. So I would point out that the alien beings don't just simply abduct people. They seem to have a message and that the people believe the the message. So if alien beings arrived and gave us an extraterrestrial explanation for life on the earth and the origins of world religions and the origins of the planet, it would be very persuasive. And so what if that's going to be a part of the end time plan? What if, what if, just like you're able to deceive an individual, what if now, what if now demonic manipulation and persuasion begins to include groups of people and then large groups of people? Mm-hmm. So I have a question to that. So this whole time that this lady's sitting there telling her story, and I was telling my my boyfriend, I'm like, don't people pray anymore? I mean, does that, I mean, do the, I don't understand how it came about. Like, was there doors that were open that she introduced this um, demon into her life? And why all of a sudden it did happen? And does that make her that she's not a Christian? And if she was a Christian and she rebuked it and said, you know, there seem, to yeah, there, I mean, seem, there seems you know? to be good evidence that there are individuals who, in fact, do call out to Jesus, and yeah. the, and, and the phenomenon shuts down. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the phenomenon shuts down. So again, it seems to me that this is more religious and supernatural than it is yeah. extraterrestrial. Yeah. And, and so, um, so, you know, when we think about when did it become a part of the popular culture? Well, it becomes a part of the popular culture in after world war two and, and the explosion of a nuclear device and then this inundation of extraterrestrial. But prior to that, throughout human history, there have been sky people who've come to the earth and interacted with people in myth and legend. And so, again, 
Um, what I would point to is what Elon Musk pointed to with uh, an interview he did with Ben Shapiro recently about the Fermi paradox. Have you ever heard of the Fermi paradox? The no. Fermi paradox is it sums up the scientific stance where um, a, a very famous physicist basically named Fermi who says, where are they? If there, if aliens exist, where are they? Yeah. And, uh, and so, um, people like Elon Musk basically goes from, he doesn't start with the assumption that they exist. He starts with the assumption that they don't exist, but yet, yet you still have all of this phenomenological, uh, information from people who insist that something real has happened to them. And, and again, my view is that that something real has happened to them. It Mm -hmm. is, but it's, it's supernatural and Mm -hmm. it, um, it involves profound deception. I believe that too. Yeah. So do you have another caller? Cause I have another question, <laughs> but I think I can always... so. I think oh, so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but but th- I'll thank call you. you tomorrow. I'll All call right. you tomorrow. Okay. Well, tomorrow's Saturday. You, this Uh-oh. Sunday, you know, go to church this Sunday. Oh, I, I do. <laughs> I go to thrive church. Okay. <laughs> in, in Westminster. I'll call you on Monday. I have All another right. question about about the the border and all these illegals coming in, and um, I have a question to that. I just was curious if Jesus would stand there and not let them come through, but that's we'll we'll talk about that on Monday. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that. But thank you, okay. thank you, thank Three. you. Have a good weekend. Three zero three eight seven three nineteen thirty five. That's the number. I don't think I actually have time to take the caller, John. Um, um, we're getting ready to go to a break. How long is this going to last? Do we know? Um, well, well, we'll do an introduction. Polly, welcome to the program. Lyric from a Bible track. I was I received the Lord after I read a Bible track in Greeley and got born again, and I immediately listed uh, the lyrics of this song. It's called Run to the Battle, and I think it would be edifying for your uh, listening audience, you and uh, your people. We're going to a break, but so how long does this last? It's going to be probably a minute and a half, maybe less. How much time do we have, John? We're not going to make it, so you know what? We're going to have to wait because we're literally coming up on a break, and the music is going to start playing. How much time do we have? Yeah, less, so you can just uh, talk a little bit about, go ahead and go as much, as much as you can. Okay. Some people want to live beyond the within the sound of chapel bells, but I want to run a mission a yard from the gate of hell. With everyone you meet, take them the gospel and share it well. Look around you as you hesitate. Another soul just fell. Let's run to the battle. Do you have your armor on? We're in the middle of a raging war. We've been trading for so long that we learned to use this sword. We may not be many, but we serve a mighty Lord. He's made us more than conquerors. So what are you waiting for? Let's run to the battle. He has trampled down our enemies, 
and given us the victories. And can you see his armies are marching on their knees? Let's run to the battle. In that final hour, Gino, when you're ready to die, will you hear that trumpet sound? Will you hear that warrior cry? God bless you. Thank you for your uh, hey, opening thank- up the airways. I Love know you, the song. I know the song. Hey, brother, thanks for your call. You know, okay. God bless I know, you. I, thought you I were. know this. We, yeah. Some people want to live within the sound of chapel bells, but I want to run a mission a yard from the gates of hell. I know this song. Hey, thank you. 303-873-1935. And with everyone you meet, I'll take them the gospel and share it well and look around to you as you hesitate for another soul just fell. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. It's one of the things I love about this program. When you're asking me questions, it makes me think of all of these other interesting questions about um, what's going on in the great big world. And like I said, I was I was listening to a podcast that was done by Ben Shapiro and Elon Musk. And he talked about his um, commitment to creating a full-time post, if you will, on the moon and then a sustainable Mars colonization. And remember, he's doing this from his own worldview. He thinks that human beings um, need to colonize other planets. But what I would point out is that the Bible makes it abundantly clear that God has a plan and a purpose for humanity on this world. And that's not to say that uh, if you go to uh, the moon or Mars, will God still fulfill his plan? I had the privilege of meeting Ray Bradbury when I was in junior high school. You, you may not know this, but Ray Bradbury um, didn't really drive, but he would go to schools in Southern California and talk to kids. And I was one of the kids. I was fortunate enough to get to meet him. You may have remembered uh, the Martian Chronicles. It was written in 1950. Um, but human colonization of planets is a reoccurring theme, and Elon Musk wants it to become a reality. And with advances in technology, uh, rocket science, uh, environmental instability, Elon Musk believes that the push for extraterrestrial habitation must be a part of our focus in the scientific community's focus. And so he's made a a great deal out of colonizing Mars. And when he was asked by Ben Shapiro when that might happen, he talked about the next 10 years. But he said, but we also have to create a colony that is self-sustaining. And when Ben Shapiro asked the question, how long would that take? He said, another 40 years. Now, obviously, Mars is one of the closest neighboring planets. It's arguably, um, within our solar system at least, 
the best possible destination for human expansion if you're going to leave this world. Now, what I would point out is that survivability in the Arctic or underwater is going to be far more uh, possible. But again, these are people who envision a different world. The Bible does say there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The temperature and sunlight conditions of Mars' surface are closer to Earth's conditions than any other celestial body in our solar system. But with reduced air pressure and an atmosphere of only 0.1% oxygen, most human life would, wouldn't survive without complex life support systems and protective living structures. But Elon Musk seems determined to get there. So, as you can imagine, he's captured the imagination of individuals. So, even though these tremendous difficulties exist, there are those in the scientific community who persist in discovering a way to see science fiction become science fact on Mars. And right now, Elon Musk produces more payload into outer space than the combined governments of the Earth, which I find pretty remarkable. So should what should Christians think about Elon Musk's goal to colonize Mars? We happen to have an article at Got Questions, Your Questions, Biblical Answers at gotquestions.org. How should a Christian view the idea of Mars colonization? And in that, that article, when you get down to about the third paragraph, this is what it says. Quote, Christians do not need to fear Mars colonization efforts. Colonizing Mars is not akin to abandoning Earth or the world God has given us. The Bible tells us that everything in God's creation, galaxies, stars, planets, people, plants, animals, all things were created for God's glory. In Psalm 8, verse 3, it says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. In Psalm 19.1, of course, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7 Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Psalm, or excuse me, Isaiah 48, 13 says, My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. Big question. Are we forbidden from exploring our world? No. 
Well, if are we forbidden from exploring other worlds? Not not according to the Bible. So spiritually speaking, humanity could glorify God just as effectively on Mars as it could on the earth. Is God omnipresent? Yes. Is he present on Mars? Yes. Is as much on the earth? Yes. The believer's body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, no matter where he or she goes. Where you go, if you go to the International Space Station, if you're a Christian, if you go to Mars, if you go to some far-flung orbital rock deeper in space, would God be there? Yeah. So if the rapture came and there was a colony on Mars, would the Christian on Mars be left behind at the rapture? I'm going to suggest to you the answer is no, because God isn't limited by the Earth's atmosphere. But politically speaking, one of the concerns with colonizing Mars is how civil law and culture are going to be established on a Martian colony. So, again, I think Elon Musk, this is sort of an interesting uh, phenomenon. In 1967, by the way, the United States or excuse me, the United Nations created the Treaty on Principles Governing the Activities of States in the Exploration and Use of Outer Space, including the Moon and other celestial bodies. The treaty stipulates, quote, that no country may take claim to space or its inhabitants. And since colonizing Mars would present such dangerous and challenging obstacles to human life it would it's assumed that community laws on the red planet would be well quite different from those on the earth will mars be colonized musk thinks so he's devoted his life to the endeavor (laughs) this is gino geracia i'll be back 303-873-1935 Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. Hey, I do want to just let you know that, uh, again, you can make the decision right now to get lasting relief from that awful joint pain for 2024. Don't go another year compromising because of that pain in your knees or shoulder. You can call QC Kinetics right now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative non-surgical pain relief. The folks at QC Kinetics believe that your body has what it needs to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. And QC Kinetics can make that happen with no drugs, no surgery, no downtime, The future of pain treatment has arrived, and QC has tens of thousands of satisfied patients all over America, people with back pain, hip pain, any pain associated with arthritis or an injury. Again, this isn't a Band-Aid. It's a revolutionary treatment that can get you moving again, get your life back. Listen, it's non-surgical 
this might be the time for you to fight back against the, the pain. Go ahead and take the first step. Call QC Kinetics. Get a free consultation on your calendar today. Call 303-900-8986. That's 303-900-8986. Um, you know, I was talking about Mars and... and um, in 1967, the United Nations created what was called the Treaty on Principles Governing the Activities of States in the Exploration and the Use of Outer Space, including the Moon and other celestial bodies. And the treaty stipulates that, quote, no country may take claim to space or its inhabitants. And since colonizing Mars would present such dangerous and challenging obstacles to human life, it's assumed that community laws on the red planet, again, would be, well, different than on the Earth. But if Mars colonization is actualized, Christians within the scientific and political communities might be there to establish moral humane laws for the new civilization. So Christians, I think, can safely view the idea of Mars colonization just like any other endeavor, any human endeavor, an expansion of knowledge, a an opportunity to conduct scientific research and um, see what happens. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. And there's uh, news that's being reported. It's being it's being um, broadcast from a number of different news outlets that the president of the United States says Republicans are preventing him from securing the border. Um, according to news outlets, it's saying if you're serious about a border crisis – pass a bipartisan bill, and I'll sign it. And in a statement that was given moments ago, Biden wrote, for too long we all know the border's been broken. It's long time passed to fix it. So some groups of people are saying, let's secure it and then fix it. Biden says, fix it. And so... Again, <clears throat> I think this is going to be something really contentious. The former, uh, the president said, um, he said, two months ago, I instructed my team to begin negotiations with a bipartisan group of senators to seriously and finally address the border crisis. For weeks now, that's what they've done, working around the clock, holidays and weekends. He said, let's be clear, what's been negotiated, what if passed into law, would be the toughest and fairest set of reforms to secure the border we've ever had in our country. He said, quote, it would give me as president a new emergency authority to shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. And if given that authority, I would use it the day I signed the bill into the law, into law. 
He says, further, Congress needs to finally provide the funding I requested in October to secure the border. This includes an additional 1,300 Border Patrol agents, 375 immigration judges, 1,600 asylum officers, over 100 cutting-edge inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl at our southwest border. He says securing the border through these negotiations is a win for America. Now, what's interesting about this, and I'm going to pause in his statement, is the president is basically saying bigger and more bloated government is the answer to our border crisis. Is that true? Is he asking for the means to literally do something or is he asking for more power to do something? He basically says, if you're serious about the border crisis, pass a bipartisan bill and I'll sign it. What is going to happen? It seems like things are unfolding rather quickly. 303-873-1935. It's odd that I get this final question. Are mermaids mentioned in the Bible? Well, mermaids are mythical creatures with the upper body of a female human and the tail of a fish. Tales of mermaids first appeared as long ago as the time of ancient Assyria. The Assyrian goddess Atarchidus transformed herself into a mermaid out of shame for unintentionally committing murder. Images of the ancient Philistine god Dagon had a human head and a fish-like body. It says, Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it up beside Dagon. That is in First Samuel chapter 5, verse 2. And if you saw a picture of Dagon according to its worship, it would have sort of conceptualizations like a merman. And by the way, the the the... The temple of Dagon was in geographically located in, in what's now modern Gaza. And mermaids are also associated with sirens in Greek mythology and specifically in Homer's Odyssey. Christopher Columbus, they documented seeing mermaids while exploring the Caribbean but some scholars believe that these were actually aquatic mammals like manatees. So the Bible doesn't tell us that there's such a thing as a mermaid. So do they exist? I can't say that they exist definitively. Is it possible they could exist? You know what? With God, anything's possible. 
But if they do exist, God didn't send his son to become a mermaid man or a mermaid to save half human sea creatures. He became a human being to save people just like you. So that's the quick answer to your very interesting question. 303-873-1935. Well, this weekend, go to church. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.